0: Welcome to the Property Chit Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Louise Roque, where I talk about everything and anything property. Right, today, one of my favourite accountants, of course, is Tony Thorne from Thorne Accounting, expert property accountant. Hi, Tony, thanks for joining me. Not a problem. Bright Line test. What is it? And I know it's changed a couple of times, so please let people out there know what it is, what it means for them.
1: Well, what the Brightline test is, it basically says if you have a residential property uh, that's not your personal home and you sell that within well, the current time frame is five years. If you sell it within five years, then you are liable to pay income tax on any profit you have made. A bit of history: the Brightline test came in 2015. At that point, it was a two-year test. They then extended that to five years, and that was from the 29th of March 2018. Those particular dates apply to when you enter into the sale and purchase agreement, not when you settle on it.
0: So literally, if the ink was dry and you had an agreement in place, but it wasn't unconditional, so it was conditional.
1: Conditional is okay because as long as it, when it goes unconditional. So when it's it goes right.
0: unconditional is when the bright line date is. Or when the date is well, on no, the top of the agreement? Yeah, the
1: conditional date, yeah. still have clients coming through that are not subject to the five-year Brightline test because they might have entered into the sale and purchase to buy an apartment off the plans prior to March 2008, for example. So they may still so
0: they still would be under the two-year? They
1: might be under the two-year, uh, mm-hmm. but not under the five-year. Okay. The trick here is a lot of people get confused because the first test is what Brightline test actually applies, whether it would not apply at all, the two-year or the five-year. The test of actually when that five-year period runs from is different. It actually runs from the later of the sale and purchase agreement date or settlement date. So let's say hypothetically you enter into the purchase of an apartment in September last year, September 2019. That falls into the five-year bright line. so it's subject to the five-year line test. But if you don't settle on it, let's say you settled on it in January 2020, the five-year line test runs from January 2020 onwards. The first test is which period actually applies. And the second one is, well, when does that five years actually run from? And that's the confusion because people think that the five year runs from the original date of the sale and purchase, but that's not the case. The first test we look at, well, what test applies? Is the sale and purchase agreement entered into after the March 2018? If so, then the five year test applies. The test then applies from the later of settlement. Let's say you bought an apartment in September last year. The five years doesn't run from September last year.
0: So I'm buying a property and it's investment property, so the Bright
1: Line test. And it's important to point out that this this doesn't apply to your personal home Yes, okay. or commercial property.
0: How are people going to know what's your personal home and what isn't your personal home? And what do they call your primary residence?
1: It's just like anything in the tax system here. You file it yourself, you take your own tax declarations. So in terms of what is your personal home, you take the declaration that you've lived in that property for the majority of the time it was owned, so that means typically more than 50%, uh, and that'll be your family primary. home. You can only have one primary residence. Yes, I was just going to say. Therefore, if you've got your own personal home and a batch, um, the batch will be sorted to the bright line.
0: Yes, test. and for all you people out there, because I know there are a lot of you that have the luxury of moving between two homes and you're 50% in either home. Too bad, so sad, because you basically have to choose one. You would have to choose one, yes, yesterday.
1: Going back to the batch, there was an example that went through the courts last year. The clients transferred their batch into their trust. Six months or a year later, they had an unsolicited offer on that property, certainly more than, than what they transferred into the trust at, and they decided to accept that offer and sold the property, and of course, it was subject to the Line test, because it was not their primary residence, and it was sold within the time frame. I think we're talking multi-million dollar profit here, um, so they had half a million dollars tax to pay, something like that, so they had to tax their pay. The case went to court, because the people paid the tax, they sued the accountants and the lawyers for not advising Ooh. of the implications. Really? But um, the clients ended up losing that case, and the lawyers and the accounts got off scot free. Which I think I think the lawyers had it in the email. They'd, they'd specifically brought Did they? Brought okay. The well, had right an email it, then, when, when it was yeah. transferred to the trust. They'd brought up and said, "Look, if you saw it within so many years." Um, the accountants, however, were, I think, very lucky when the property was being sold subsequently. The clients emailed the accountants, and I, I, think, I believe they had put in the email, are there any issues? The courts ruled that it wasn't a specific no, it's not. It's tax not. advice. No, it's not. It's not.
0: Of course it isn't.
1: Well, I don't know. I think... No, that's... what I
0: mean is, is there any issues? That could mean anything.
1: Yeah, but you're asking an accountant... I mean, of course, the oh, accountant.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, I thought so, it was so the this, other way around. No,
1: no, this is the client asking the accountant. <laughs> of course, what's the accountant advising on tax issues? Yeah, of course. right. So I think there were the accountant was. Do you know very what? You know what? Probably was the story it.
0: there though. The story would have been the horse has already bolted. They probably would have already had an unconditional uh, offer. I, I blah, blah, blah 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 before they handed it over to the accountants. I I well, I don't. I, don't know, I think yeah. I think there was a it was
1: a just conditional offer at that point. Oh so, really? Um, Gosh. The accountants were very lucky. Um, yeah, were. To, to get away with that. Uh, no, you that definitely sort of will want to
0: point out these, like you so, said, it's huge implications. A- absolutely. So this money that people are potentially gaining from the sale of their property within this yeah. five years, that goes on to their income, so to speak. Yes, that's and right. And so therefore, whatever level their taxable income is with that on top, so it could move their yeah. tax bracket, couldn't it?
1: That's right, yeah. So you, you buy a property mm. for half, half a million dollars. No. Um, Can you tell me where that is? <laughs> and, then, and then you sell it. Three years later, for six hundred thousand yeah. dollars, that's a hundred thousand dollar gain. That goes into your personal tax return. Potentially, if you're in the top tax bracket, then you can pay thirty three percent on that hundred thousand dollars. So you're potentially looking at thirty three thousand dollars. Yes, tax. so
0: don't but spend it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Unless
1: you get to offset that, you get to reduce the profit by things like the agents' fees you might pay and, and other things. Okay, like, yeah. so
0: now in another episode, you were telling me about ring fencing. And you were saying that if you've got these losses that can be carried forward. Good question.
1: If you've a loss that's been ring fenced previously, you can absolutely offset that against uh, any bright line gain.
0: So if you want to know what Tony's talking about there, you'll have to have a look at the episode um, that talks about ring fencing. But in this case, that would actually work out, wouldn't it?
1: As long as you've got enough losses, yeah, yes. depending on what the yes. amount of losses are. If
0: you did um, have the losses and then you made a gain and you had yeah. to pay this Brightline, then potentially that could actually go towards that.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 So it could reduce the, some of the pain there. The thing to know is about the Brightline test, if you buy a property, you sell it in five years, you made a profit and you pay tax on that. You didn't have to historically, but you do going forward. You know, you've made a profit and you pay tax, so, yeah. so keep it. I for guess you've got to years. suck it up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right, yeah. Um, keep I it mean,
0: to five years in one day and you're it, okay. It's
1: certainly a harder pill to swallow if you're doing restructuring. A common example might be you've got your own personal home, you go and buy a new personal home, and you're going to rent out your old one. Typically what we do accounting here is we will transfer the old personal home into a company so we can increase the debt on the old personal home that's being rented out, and we therefore reduce the debt on the new personal home. So from a tax point of view, it makes it makes a lot of sense there. Because that
0: would happen quite a bit, I'd imagine. It
1: absolutely does. But you've got to be very, very careful. And obviously, we as an council we've got to be very careful advising clients now that if you do that, that home that's been turned to the company is now subject to the five-year briar line Right.
0: Text. So it's like starting. You've actually starting afresh. bought the home again, so exactly to speak. Exactly right. So
1: if you now sell that property within five years and it's made a gain, then you pay tax on okay. that Okay. Like so that is
0: interest. a big thing to consider, isn't and, it? And
1: it can be this case of... Um, you don't know what you're going to do. You, you don't know. And that's why we've got to be t- to clients we've Got to say, be very careful, you know. That's why I say investments are long term, that's thing. right. You, you want to be holding this for a minimum of five years, I mean, ideally longer, but we've got to be very careful with, yeah, that's with true. The got to be very careful about having that long term view because well. you would
0: see upsizing and downsizing, and therefore sometimes people would be keeping well, in separations.
1: Home. I mean, yeah, it I might true. come across in this separation, if you transfer the property under an agreement under the Ratio Properties Act, then the party buying out the other party is deemed to have been acquired at the same date. So that's not a problem. And that's, so that's so. Typically, it's okay if one party buys out the other under an agreement via um, the lawyers. But often, an equally common scenario is where both parties decide, look, we'll just sell the property, and split the proceeds. That's a problem. Now it's a genuine sale to an external third party. Um, therefore, it's a genuine sale. Even though you might have best intentions to hold it five years plus, some things do throw a spanner in the works.
0: Yeah. So what Tony is saying is that if you are a couple out there who are going through a separation, what you've got to consider is that if people do it under the Separations Act or something, you were saying. Well, if, if one person buys
1: the other one out, yes. If, um,
0: then, then okay, if they've had that for. Then,
1: then it's figurative. It's not a deemed sale on the open market. No, that's and right. Effectively, the. So uh, you'll be
0: covered. You'll be you'll be okay if it's. Yeah,
1: that's absolutely fine. I'm more talking if you transfer into, the, into company and say three years later yeah. you separate, yes. that's when you've got an issue. Yeah,
0: and also if you've had the property, say for three years, and then one party buys the other person out, if you do it properly, that person who is actually buying the other person out won't be doing a new... A new
1: Exactly right, yeah. They, they take it on as if the same date that the first party... So that's
0: very, it. very important yeah. for people to actually consider.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That that's, might be a lot more attractive option I think it's also good to note they've inherited properties.
0: Oh, yes, that's what I was going to ask you about.
1: They're not set to the Brightline test. Um, They're not. Again, you're deemed to have purchased the property at the same time the first party that's passed away had purchased I it. See. So I guess if they'd only purchased it two years ago, then the potential can be covered.
0: So if they purchased it two years ago and now they died?
1: You're deemed to have purchased it when they purchased I it two see. years ago.
0: Oh, that's really interesting, isn't right. it? Okay, yeah. well, that's a good one to know as well. Okay, well, thank you very much. That's the Brightline test with Tony Thorne from Thorne Accounting, expert property accountants. Thanks very much, Tony. No problem. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Property Chit Chat. Subscribe to hear all our episodes. If you want further information, visit goodtonic.co.nz and hit the Property Chit Chat tab. Till next time, over and out.